Hey, Great Debates here, and I don't know, maybe we should just get right into oh, it. I know Dave wants to say idea. something. I know Healy wants to say something, but I think, like, let's just I put don't it right on I want to get to right the into the tape. It. Jump. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Um, I've got a top Healy taking the pro. I think so. Um, bananas are nearly flawless. Yes, I'm Steve Healy, and I'm taking the pro, and just... Think about it. You can buy one in the grocery store right now for like, I don't know, probably 50 cents or less. They're shielded. Unlike the other fruits, they're in an inedible sheathing, which is protects them in a beautiful way, protects them from injury, harm, bacteria, etc. Peel it right off. Easy, kind of fun to do. Then you have a very tasty, but also not too tasty fruit. The banana taste is actually like when they put it into a candy or something, they amp it way up. But the regular old Cavendish banana that we eat and get in our supermarket is kind of chalky, bland in a good way. It's just enough to get you through it. And then you've got your potassium. You've got your iron. You've got your everything that you need. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm going to be interested to hear Dave try and improve on the banana because it's pretty much the banana has two enormous flaws. One is let's call it the window and the other is its versatility. How good, how, sorry, how long is a banana quote unquote good for, you know, the answer is like 36 hours. If you're lucky, it goes from unripe to basically like mushy and disgusting faster than any other food or fruit, vegetable, whatever. It is notorious for being too fickle of food. And that's a huge flaw. It's other problem is like as uh, is versatility. You basically have two choices. Eat it just eat it as like a snack on its own or make banana bread or like use it in some sort of dessert type. Like, I, I don't know, even like a dessert other than banana bread is I, I'm hard pressed to think of like good ones. Those are enormous flaws in what should be a like bring it with you wherever you go. Like, but there's a reason that it costs less than 50 cents. I mean, how many things that are one for less than 50 cents are flawless? And the answer is zero. They're cheap for a reason. Because if like it goes rotten and you throw it away, it's not a big deal. Now that's a point in its favor, but it certainly doesn't mean that it's flawless. Uh, Dave sort of backed himself into his own worst nightmare argument there like the the going bad doesn't matter it costs 19 cents go buy another one it doesn't mean, the going bad the going bad is also sort of a, a feature not a bug also all food eventually goes how bad is it a i mean that's just part of that's part of how food works if, if we're going to talk about whether a food is flawless or not like the fact that it goes bad is kind of good it means there's a peak time for it it's it's a power of the banana not a weakness the banana bread i'm glad dave brought that up a lot of people like it. I'm not a huge fan, but it is a use for overripe bananas. Well, you failed and to explain how uh, its win- its its lack of window or its narrow window is a feature, not a bug. If you had one food, oh, you know, if you, you had hold the on, banana you tells you, if you had one banana food, tells you on its outside how how yeah, when most you foods eat do it. that. Foods go moldier, ex- they go bad, they go mushy. Bad, also, you said it, that it's, uh, giving uh, you perfect information. You said that as ban- an information system, is you, you made up this thing that the banana is the only fruit or food that has like a protective sheath. Which I guess you've never had like an orange or other citrus foods before. There's a lot of foods and fruits that come with a protective sheath. That's not unique to the banana. Now, 
the uh, if you had two foods and one of them was only good for a half hour and the other had a shelf life of three months, would you not say that one of them is more flawed mm. than the other? Of well, course uh, you the would. The banana. Okay, the banana is not only good for half an hour. I understand if you buy that. One at the store, it's good for up to. Yeah, a Healy, week. You're, this is a device where you're inventing a hypothetical. Yes, banana exactly. That's, that's there you go, Healy, You're catching yes. up now. I'm not inventing a banana that's flawed. <laughs> I'm inventing a food that's more flawed even than the banana. But the banana itself is more flawed than most foods because it's only good for a narrow window. So this is a rhetorical device wherein we use it extreme, uh, two extremes to illustrate that it is worse to have a narrow window than a broad window. And then once you see that, then everyone Let's, can agree it's worse and flawed for the banana to only be good for a day or two when it would be better if it stayed good for a very long time, like an onion or other foods like that. Come with me and imagine the half-hour banana. It's kind of exciting. You're going to be really excited to get it right at that half hour. It's going to be cool to have the half-hour banana right in that moment. You're going to keep an eye on it all the time. Oh, oh, uh, sorry, guys. I, I got to eat my half-hour banana. Everybody's going to be interested in that. How is it? It's really good. Well, I gotta, I mean, you know, it's, it's cool for a reason. Now, bananas are... are would, yeah, so you would still say it's heavily flawed, though. You would still say, like, yeah, it's fun that there's this crazy I, I think it would food. be cool to refine the banana to the point of the half-hour banana. Maybe bananas last too long. I mean, I don't think it's a flaw, but uh, it, it, it's arguable that you could have even more appreciation, like the Japanese cherry blossom kind of thing, if you had bananas that were going to go bad faster. No, the cherry blossom now, is something that's... that's it, it's, not to be, it's not something you bring home from the grocery store to consume. And the purpose of that is like that you don't want to have to be have something that's like only good for one day. A cherry blossom, yes, there's this beautiful ethereal quality to it because it's something we admire from a distance. The banana, you want to eat it. There's You're, like famous stand-up routines about how how fickle bananas are. They go from green to brown in a day. Like I can't remember who did that's this. That's just not right. And also, that's hacky material. Yes, and also, like hacky. everybody's bringing home bananas because they it's, work. Yes, like, bananas are it's fine. Hacky. That's right because so, it's so, so familiar. You to lose people. one, okay? You the, got some nice compost. The, no big deal. The downside of the banana is so familiar to people that it's hacky stand-up comedy. I couldn't no, put no, it no, better the myself. Hacky, the hacky lame clown looking for. Uh, something to complain about in life tries to find a flaw with the perfect banana to demonstrate his and comic connects acumen. with the audience Fails. who nods in agreement. Yes, this no, is no, the audience is like that's hacky. Like yeah, maybe they yeah, don't bananas like, go bad because they're food, yes, but they're still perfect. But this is not something that we say of, of other foods. That it's like you're saying all foods go bad, as if like going bad if it does or doesn't, then it's the same thing. But obviously, there's a convenience factor here. And, and the idea that, like, somehow it would be more exciting if it were a half-hour banana, that's ridiculous. Also, I haven't heard anything that you could do with a banana so far other than eat it or make banana bread out of it. That's not good as a food. Banana you pudding. Want... You can make the banana chip when was the if last you want. Time you had I, I myself pudding. am down with just the banana When was the last banana. time you had banana pudding? I've had but some kind of banana pudding-ish dessert within the last five years, I think. Yeah, I don't. I, a, don't believe you, and B, within the last <laughs> five true. years is... I wouldn't lie about that. Yeah, okay, but if you're only having one kind of banana other than eating the banana itself within the last five years, then that is illustrative of a lack of versatility okay, you, as a You've food. got a food that's durable, cheap, uh, it tells you when it goes bad without you even having to open it. That's true it's, of all uh, foods. So inexpensive that it doesn't that? really matter. Like, it's... Yeah, it's, it's built into the idea of food that it's going to go bad. I'm going to close with one essentially final argument, which is that, like, the banana is, is – one of the things it has in its favor is that you can kind of, like, 
um, take it with you wherever, but it has a, a second uh, or a third flaw, which is that it comes with garbage. And so you eat the banana and then you're left with a peel, which you have Again, to then Again, feature find- not a bug. The banana peel is a fun joke. Mario Kart to old uh, yeah, but just Three Stooges the, kind of things. The, the it's healing, fun, you're but missing, it has that you, this is, I, now, now we're getting somewhere because you're misunderstanding <laughs> Good, the topic. Finally. You're, what you're saying is, aha, the, uh, the banana actually has more features than you think it does. That's not the issue. The question is, is it nearly flawless or not? The only thing that matters is how many flaws does it have? So your argument, you did not, your job is to rebut my arguments of whether these are flaws or not. Your argument is not to tell us about more features Mm, that the banana has. If you bring up flaws that are are perks or benefits. If you think that you can win the debate by doing something other than arguing the actual topic, then I'd be very impressed by that. But the topic is the banana is nearly flawless. So the issue is not, aha, here's a feature of the banana. Mario Kart. The question is, here's a flaw of the banana. It comes with garbage. You have not refuted that. End of my... No, no. I'm done. I'm done arguing. The flaws you brought up of the banana are goes bad, which I think is built into food and isn't can't be considered a flaw. Also, the banana tells you when it's going bad. Also, as I pointed out, it's kind of exciting and puts some pressure on you to eat your bananas, which is good. And the banana going bad isn't doesn't even matter to anybody because it's so cheap. Then you brought up the banana peel, which as I pointed out is sort of a fun cultural touchstone as a slippery thing. That's a perk. It's a it's an extra benefit of the banana. It's not a problem. Debate concluded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, uh, I, I hate that we, Dave really just really kind of stuck on one single flaw the whole thing, the whole time, but I don't totally feel Healy like you, you grabbed me with a lot of, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm not feeling like a like Dave won the debate outright, but I'm also not feeling like Healy did either. <laughs> I was disappointed hey, well, by the debate. Two, two losses is fine. I mean, I'm not sure what world we're in where I keep repeating three different flaws and you only hear one of them. But, uh, you know, hey, you, maybe you that's my fault. Something about the fl- – there, there was a flaw that you said that totally escaped my memory too. It goes bad. What was the other one? Versatility. Oh, it's not very versatile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the pea. And what does that mean? Comes with garbage. Versatility? You could, uh, yeah. It's not a good, like for cooking and stuff, it's like you either eat it as a banana or you make banana pudding out of it. Like anything okay, else you bring. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> and this is what I wanted to get at. It was like Healy at that point has an opportunity to say like there are many perfect yes, things exactly. in the world that are, you know. And so, no, but he also had an opportunity to say, like, oh, you could slice it up and put it on your cereal. You can make plenty, like a lot, a lot of different cuisines use it as a garnish or whatever, or an extra flavor. But he didn't. He just said, I had banana pudding within the last five years. I know. What about banana cream pie? Yeah, great, great. Yeah. Thinking about that, the entire I I feel debate like the of perfect food. I should have gone. Mm. Like, are we including the plantain in the banana? Oh, interesting. also, you said something at the very. The only really interesting moment in the entire debate for me was the first line of the debate, which was that you mentioned the type of banana that we. What, <laughs> the Cavendish. What did, yes. What is the Cavendish banana? I thought this is a well-known bit of trivia that we like through some. Uh, corporate processing. There are many varietals of banana in the world, but we basically only need to eat this one. We it's only eat the Cavendish. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I th- and I think it's called the Cavendish. Um, it's certainly part. I've also never thought of it as chalky tasting, so I'd be, I really want to know what an unchalky 
banana tastes like? Oh, take yourself down to Nicaragua or someplace. Sure. You'll have a variety <laughs> of banana flavors on offer. Oh, man. They're there. They're smaller. They're weirder. A little more uh, fruity, pineapple-y. Mm. Uh, mm. Listeners, send in your – if you've sampled the bananas of Central and South America, hit us up. It's pretty par for the course for the great debates that the there would be one interesting sentence and then we debate for another <laughs> 11 minutes about 30, pure nonsense. I gotta say that to, during that debate, I was like, should we keep doing great debates or not? I just didn't. <laughs> uh, <sighs> well, okay. I, I felt tired. I, uh, Dave, I thought you did pretty well, but I just, I wanted you to More than three flaws. I understand. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> and, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I, 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 you know, you're right. I wish I had seven flaws um but the banana like a banana in your backpack is vulnerable it can get squished into and like it's not that sturdy of food what about that i guess that's true that's not bad thank you that's, are we in host chat oh you best believe it 100 percent. i hope so i sure hope so i wanted to give a plug you guys remember from time to time we've had on the show uh nate stein nathaniel stein has yeah. been our researcher oh, sure. former <laughs> ex fact checker, checker. Yeah. yeah he's published a book he a did? novel a comic novel called the threat Oh, um, and no it's a lot kidding. of fun. It's just the right size and shape of book. I gotta say, when I when mm. I received a, a copy in the mail, and I was like, "Oh yes, this is," I can recommend. What this does that mean? It's just right. What's the right? Well, it's often just, the size of a book is a flaw in the book mm. because it's difficult to transport or yeah, hold up when transport. you're reading it. This is going to be. It a great, might be. It could probably finish too hard. it hard. On a decent LA to Chicago plane flight, it's mm-hmm. and uh, I've read the book and I and I endorse it. And uh, so, get yourself a copy of Friend of the Pod, a uh, member of the GD family, is uh, Nate Stein's The Threat. You didn't say me a copy. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you want to take the con on the book? No, no. I I bet it's really good. Uh, I just yeah. you know wish I had gotten a free copy in the, in the mail. That would have been cool. Yeah. What can you do? Mm, sorry, Dave. That's okay. Um, here, what, one thing we could do is just change the subject and get back Please, into debate. Probably Please, wise. You know, that's an idea that I had. Um, okay, so somehow the banana felt like a nice lead into this main topic, uh, which oh, Healy will. Main. <clears throat> we'll uh, take the pro on. This one submitted to us uh, on X Ugh. Uh, from Do we have to say listener. that even? Let's just say yeah, submitted. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have to say that. Uh, listener at Adam W, and that's two M, so it's Adam W, or some people might say Adam MW13, at Adam MW13. Thank you, uh, friend of the pod. Uh, Healy taking the pro. A president will openly smoke weed in the White House in the next 25 years. Okay, great. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. 
<laughs> marijuana legalization has swept the nation. Marijuana acceptance is uh, at an all-time high and growing. Nobody seems to go backwards on marijuana. It spreads and spreads and spreads. And it seems like it's basically, from country music to hip-hop to uh, the movies, it's basically uh, an accepted part of American life that you smoke that smoke on Saturday night. Um, you get a little messed up, uh, but it's all all right, as Kenny Chesney says. And Marijuana is a big American agricultural product, and one of the jobs of the president is sort of endorsing that kind of thing. I think very soon we will have legalized federal marijuana, and soon after that there will be a president smoking a joint to endorse the American marijuana farmer, the American marijuana salesman. I don't have numbers off the top of my head, but this is a hundreds of millions of dollar uh, American business and the president's going to want to be in front of that and be celebrating that and be a part of that. And um, it'll be like, we'll see a president t- have a glass of wine, a toast at a state dinner. We'll see a president smoke a joint at a barbecue uh, in the next 25 years. No question. The types of people who run for president are the types of people who are, have avoided anything close to the most illicit or, or even borderline like illicit, ethical, illegal activities. You and I, Healy and Medina, all went to college with people who were like, I'm not going to smoke weed because I'm, I want to run for president one day. There, there were absolutely people like that. And there were and still are people like that because it's not legal everywhere. And people are very conscious about this who are want to have a political future. So even if it becomes legal, there are still going to be people who ha- did not grow up smoking weed and therefore are not weed smokers and are not going to want to smoke weed in the White House. Even if there are, you have a huge, and I think this is almost a deal-breaking problem, Healy, which is that I almost feel bad because this almost feels like a cheat, but it's true. If a president smokes weed in the next 25 years, it's remotely possible that that could happen on a cannabis farm in Colorado to whatever, welcome the new American Agriculture Act. But you can't smoke in the White House. And whether that's a cigarette or weed, it's a not only an office building, but like, I guarantee you that you can't smoke in there. And so to openly smoke in the White House would require a changing of the laws of the White House that I don't see happening in the next 25 years. And so, sorry, but a president's not going to do that. I'm going to go to the moderator here. Are we include? Cause I sort of look, I, inc- I'm including the Truman balcony and the Rose garden. Okay. Know, in the white. Okay. House. You know what? I'll- and if you want to quibble on that, then fine. But no, Medina, I'm, I'm, willing, is- I'm willing to give him the Truman balcony and the Rose garden. How do you feel about that? And the front mm-hmm. steps as well. The yeah, front I think steps. that okay. seems all right. Okay. In the interest okay. of continuing. Yeah, yeah. The debate, okay. Sure. Just- okay. He's still no, the pre- he or she is still not going to do that ever in the next okay, 25 so- years. Let's start with Dave. Dave began his argument by talking about the types of people. And yes, it's true. In college, we all knew some uh, little dorks who said they wanted to be president. They wouldn't smoke weed. None of those people have become president. In fact, the types of people Dave wants to talk about who have become the last president was Donald Trump, a guy who pushed the boundaries in every possible way. I don't think he's actually smoked weed. No, he's uh, a famously he's that kind of guy. He's a teetotaler. The, he's never had a but drink in the ne- or a smoke. In the next of round anything. of presidents will be included somebody who pushes the boundaries in that way. I think we'll actually have a chronic marijuana smoker in the next like uh five to ten presidents. Okay, well, that's based, you're Just not because basing that's part that on of, anything, but sure. No, I mean, Kamala Harris ma- uh, made a big joke about how much weed she was smoking, how she was half Jamaican. Bill Clinton, you know, 
did not smoke did, weed or at least denied it. Inhale. Start, no, he made a big point of well, saying he didn't inhale, it but was probably certainly the, the, such a problem for him that the thought of him ever smoking weed in the White House, right, even on the Truman balcony, would be laughable. Know, Andrew Sullivan or whoever pointed out that that was because all the Rhodes Scholar kind of people were just eating marijuana brownies all the time so they could give a, a legalistic answer like Bill Clinton did. My point is that a lot of these political figures are already smoking a lot of weed. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner, he works for a marijuana company. Like the idea that a type of president has to be somebody who's like uh, a fuddy-duddy who would never touch marijuana has just been blown out the window by the way politics is working and the way the direction is going. There will still be uh, goody-two-shoes well, who, who are, are in politics, but that's not going to be the kind of people who achieve give, give us the some White names. House who level are, of president. Who are, give us it's the gonna, names of some young senators and governors who smoke weed openly, who might be president in the next 25 years. Or um, anyone. Or anyone. I don't know where Wayne Fetterman's at. I mean, Kamala Harris Wayne has talked about smoking weed. Wayne what's Fetterman? The, uh, the, the, the stand up comedian? John Fetterman. John Fetterman. Oh, yeah, John Fetterman. I got new. Oh, Look, you think John, Fetter- you think John Fetterman's going to be president? That's interesting. I, I don't think anybody we're talking about right now, I think it's much more likely that like a celebrity or weird athlete is going to be president. And I think those are the kinds of people who are comfortable with smoking weed. You think athletes are famous for smoking weed? You think there's a lot of professional athletes who have a habit of smoking weed and not just like I can't tell if you're joking or not. Yeah, I think there's a lot of professional athletes who smoke weed. Oh, I okay. Is that is that supposed to be crazy or I think there there's some who maybe ingest it in some way, but I'm not trying to be facetious. Oh, are we including vaping in here? Look, I'm gonna leave vaping out. I don't want to be quibble. The the fact of the matter is the types of people that are going to become president in the next 25 years were already skewing a little crazier than we have before. There'll be crazier and crazier people become president. Marijuana is becoming more and more normalized. Even your uh, law school dual punch all the right boxes kind of people are going to have smoked weed. And it'll just be part of an American Thanksgiving uh, cultural rituals. Marijuana has become a part of that. And a president will just be there at a, at a there might be national marijuana day within 10 years. That could easily happen the way things are going. Already, going. Dude, it's April 12th. What's wrong with you? National, of course, there's these days already. It doesn't mean the president's going to take part. I, I could see, a, I could see a 420 ceremony where the guys there with like the Oregon marijuana growers and the blah blah blah, and they he's smoking a joint and everybody's having fun and he's laughing about it and they lead him off and it's it's part of the presidential uh, festivities of that day. I could absolutely see that. Thank you for helping me clarify a, a possible situation in which this would, would occur. The problem with smoking weed. Uh, smoking a joint, let's say, on the Truman balcony versus having a glass of red wine at a state dinner is that a uh, having a joint, even really, frankly, one puff of a joint, unless you're like a habitual weed smoker, which I hope the president is not, is going to like make you cog. It, it immediately puts you in an unpresidential state. The public, like he will be so advised against this. He would be such a bad move for him to be like red eyed and like dry mouthed in public that they know this would be a bad idea. Having a glass of wine is just sort of categorically different than smoking weed. You immediately become unpresidential. I mean, in fact, I would say that it's like I would also say that a president is very, very unlikely to be openly drunk within the next 25 years in the White House. I'm not saying they don't they won't get drunk at some point or have like more than four drinks or whatever. But openly is highly unadvisable because like, again, you smoke. I mean, what are we talking about? He takes a tiny puff of weed and he's like, I did it. I'm the first president ever to smoke weed in the White House. That seems pointless and also like probably shouldn't count. I actually hadn't thought about that, but that is actually a good 
way that it might happen? Is somebody making a point of being the first president to smoke weed in the White House as kind of a gesture to a significant portion of voters, like more than 50% of Americans who've tried marijuana, more than however many who are habitual users? I could see the marijuana advocacy groups essentially demanding that. And you as could, we see, oh, sorry, and, wait, you could see the advocacy <laughs> groups demanding that the president openly smoke. Yes. Weed yes. I think we see, I think, I think on the democratic side, we're seeing the presidents are pushed further and further by various progressive interest groups to make gestures in one direction or another. And things that previously might've been unthinkable are part of the political lexicon. And on the Republican side, I think we're seeing an increased law anarchistic, uh, uh, the, the fuddy duddy country club Republican is being replaced by the sort of, um, the kind of, uh, boorish sort of person that we see at the Trump rally. That's what's and both those sides. Politics is moving in the direction of a president smoking weed at the white house. Um, what do you think the like hit rate is for, um, items on the agenda of the marijuana advocacy groups. Like how often do you think they've, they've like gotten the president to do what they want? I would say it's very close to zero. Um, They're growing in power, in political and economic power. You're not wrong, Healy. Famously disorganized group. Sure. But they'll get there. You're not wrong, Healy. There's just too much money. Too much money at stake for whom? I mean, the amount of money involved in the selling and growing yeah. of marijuana in the U.S. is just too vast that eventually there's going to be some pressure on the president to acknowledge it, contribute, participate, show his support of this industry. Uh, that's going to happen. Even in 25 years, people, there will still be enough. Here's the thing is that the people who do not want to see the president smoking weed are going to be a, a uh, they're going to represent people who vote more often. They're going to be a more like civic minded group. They're not going to be less of a fringe sort of like, you know, drug using, frankly, group. They're not going to want to see people who don't want to see the president get high. If the president does get high or smokes weed, however you want to put it, in the White House or on the Truman balcony, they there will be an uproar. They will simply not vote for that person. Whereas, like the fact, the idea that he will somehow, whatever, help the agrarian community by smoking weed on the balcony. If I was a member of the whatever Farmers of Cannabis of America the world-famous FCA organization, I would be like, don't smoke weed. Just pass the, the damn rule that says, like, whatever, you can ship cannabis across state lines or whatever it is without it being a felony. That's what they care about. It's, you know, like, that's the only thing that matters. Let me make a kind of interesting... This is I'm bringing in something new. So yeah. We can't like call it a closing argument, but I think it is going to be... Let's call uh, it a coda. ...somewhat edifying. A coda? A coda. Thank you. Yeah. The world is going to get stranger and stranger. That's just the trajectory we're on. We're moving away from coat and tie, you know, guys sitting down and hammering out the laws into more and more extreme, odd, weird media behavior. The world itself is going to present itself with newer, weirder, stranger inputs. And having the ability to uh, put yourself in altered states of mind will be an essential quality of the president. Now, that is one aspect of this. The other aspect is that you know, like just be, be putting yourself with the people, having what the people are enjoying. That's going to be a part of politics, not showing yourself to be above the people. That's going to be an important part of being president. And these things are going to come together to the point that we're just going to see a president sitting outside with maybe like 
I don't know who the next version of this guy is going to be, but a Willie Nelson type figure is going to offer the president a puff on the Truman and the Truman balcony. It would be rude for the president to say no. As to Dave's argument about like the president being sort of incapacitated, societal tolerance is sort of like uh, a, a quality of us all just getting more accustomed to marijuana as part of our life. It doesn't make you feel that weird because everybody's getting weirder. Marijuana is around a lot more just in general, the way like things just become incorporated into society. And as a society, our tolerance grows. And I think that's happening already with marijuana. You're seeing that like it's become less weird to smoke a bit of weed before going to a coffee or whatever with somebody. It's just becoming more accepted. And that's reducing this crazy making quality of marijuana. That's going to become part of life. It's going to go in that trajectory. We're going to see a president smoke some weed in the Rose Garden at a ceremony, Truman Balcony, something like that. Am I am I supposed to say anything now to the code? You can if you like. Well, I'll just say this. <laughs> I'll just make this observation, Healy, which is that like the idea that uh, things are only going to get weirder and more like more of an open society. I think you're taking the wrong lesson from history here. I think that if you had asked someone in like the mid seventies what is the trajectory of American culture, they would be like. Man, if you think it's crazy now, wait till 1988. And then in 1988, like we had a much more conservative, like button down culture. And I think you could make an argument that the same thing happened uh, with the late 90s through 2001, where you would say, like, if you ask someone in, um, let's say, December of 2001, what is things going to look like in 2014? They would be like a whole hell of a lot different than it looks right now. I don't know, man. The world's fucking falling apart. And in fact, things sort of famously look almost the same as they do uh, the difference between culture between like 2002 and 2024 is almost indistinguishable when you compare it to, say, 1951 to 1971. So that to the idea that like we're things are going to become more like weird and open just because that's the trajectory we're on. I disagree with. Uh, I, I, okay. I don't want to drag this on too long. Too late. I just want to say that that's because we're accepting a lot of this weird stuff. Like things are changing and we just grow into it. If you said to somebody in 2001, like the Senate and the Congress are going to have uh, hearings about UFOs. Donald Trump will have been the president. Uh, uh, th- there'll be a guy, they'll change the Senate rules because the guy's going to be wearing gym shorts. Uh, they, 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 all those things would seem quite weird. I agree the culture is a little stagnant, but that's a, a different question. Okay. Can we stop talking now? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I guess don't, we don't have to do this at all, right? That's kind of your point, Healy, right? What, debate? Yeah. We have to do something. Right. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> okay, let's hear from the moderator. Yeah. I, I found Healy convincing on yeah, this one. Yeah, okay. Good job, Healy. I agree. I thought it was good. And... and uh, this is one of those tops that like feels a little bit foregone in a weird way. It, like it feels like he had the easy side, but I don't necessarily think that that his argument was easy. I thought no. it was it was quite good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, I th- I'm not well surprised. Said. I thought I was stumbling and fumbling the whole way through, and I thought Dave made some like. What about the fact that the president can't smoke weed because like. What if ten minutes later they're like, oh, the nukes are coming? Like, right. we gotta do something. Like. <laughs> Sure, yeah. but you know that's interesting. We're like at, those at, moments. At any second, the president they might they might be like, "Oh, here's the family of like a wounded soul." Like you just there's no point when the president has a chill enough time to smoke weed. 
I guess. Hmm. I guess like no, didn't but, stop like Nixon or whatever from getting drunk late at night. Right. We'll that's right. That wasn't yeah. open. That, that wasn't, wasn't open. open. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think? Do you think it's actually, what do you think the chances are? I think it's like not higher than like 40%. Oh, I think it's higher than you that. You do? Oh, that's you interesting. Do? Yes. Yeah, really? absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to say it's for a lot of the reasons that Healy yeah. presented, but maybe most of all, just that it's becoming so aggressively normalized, you know? And, um, I mean, I think the, the the other possibility is that there's, like, a backlash because people get tired of everybody being high all the time, which, like, I, I for one, am a little bit yeah, tired of. for sure. Um that's certainly like a possibility, but the idea that it's, you know, that the federal laws are going to change, yeah. you know, sometime I think in the next five to 10 years or less, uh, suggests that then it's just something that, you know, was, was illegal 20 years ago. And then someone who was a teenager at the time that it was uh, federally legal grows right. up sure. in an environment where, like, you know, it's what's the difference between that and taking a drink? I wonder how soon after Prohibition was repealed, the president, like, was there a thing where he was like, we're back and we're drinking? Oh, yeah. But that's a, it is a little, <laughs> it's a little different because, you know, they had, it was legal in that person's lifetime. I don't know. You know, I mean, in the, I, can I just say ahead, it's yeah. fun to picture, yeah, um, like a foreign leader, like if you're Putin or something, and there was like, if, if can you imagine like there's like a pr Joe Biden on the news getting high? If you're Vladimir Putin, you're like, we fucking got these guys. Like this, they got it. They got this guy in charge, like getting high on the Truman balcony. Send in the warplanes. What are we doing? They're asleep at the wheel over there. Wait, but also by the way, haven't they all smoked weed in the White House at this point? Like, wasn't would, Carter smoking weed in the White House? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, Carter took his job very seriously. I don't think he would have done that. Yeah, but he loved the jazz music and the, <laughs> like, they had the concert on the lawn and all that stuff. He was like getting groovy at Camp David and like brought all those hippies to hang out with him to help decide like the, you know, <laughs> his policy. It was very <laughs> Camp groovy. David is where it would <laughs> oh, go camp, down. Dude, that would be fun if Blaze at Camp David... I mean, that would be, <laughs> right. maybe that's how the like famous Egypt-Israel Accords got settled was he was like. Oh, they blazed one? That Jimmy I Carter think I've was read like, that. guys, uh, we got it. There's one. I can't, I don't know what even <laughs> sounds like. I think, like. They, I think you they did read blaze that. one. Can't You're saying you read yeah, that. I'm pretty sure that I read Arafat and the other guys. Or who was it? It no, was uh, Sadat and. Uh, Sadat and uh, Begin. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Begin. They smoked one. For <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Do you think Kamala Harris has smoked weed in the uh, Naval Observatory, wherever the vice president lives? I don't know. Did she say she smoked weed? She did. Yeah, remember during the 2016 campaign, she went on Charlemagne the God or one of those radio shows. Oh, and yeah. they were like, have you ever smoked weed? And she's like, are you kidding? I'm Jamaican. And then her dad, who is Jamaican, was like, oh, this is disgraceful. I wish she hadn't said that. Something like that. That also feels like a, weirdly like something you say when you haven't smoked weed, but you think it sounds cool. And you're good. like, <laughs> she didn't, like, oh, yeah, of course. That's a good point. I'm not scared to smoke weed. I am yes. Jamaican. I'm part. Yes. That's a great point. <laughs> I bet she has it now. That'd be cool. 
Maybe she lit one up in the Big Bang Theory writer's room. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> it's fun to think about. What about like if they had sort of like Mount Vernon, Washington, special hemp? Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's the idea? It's like George Washington's well, the, uh, brand. I wheat. think Madison and, and and Washington they did grow. Oh, hemp, hemp right, 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 but, right. But non THC hemp. I think the idea right. that they were smoking a bowl is is fun stoner lore, but unlikely to have been true. But like, if Mount Vernon was like, well, you know, we do have some of uh, the George Washington's hemp. You know, you could smoke it. I can think of something like that going on. There are fewer college classes that I would sign up for faster than Professor Healy's fun stoner lore class (laughs) where he like, where he like either validates or debunks the myths of like weed throughout. (laughs) Oh God, that'd be great. (laughs) Sign me up. I don't want to go down the way of becoming a stoner culture. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, Associated character. No, you don't. But to be, there is, I think his most famous class, however, (laughs) (laughs) there is like uh, a I do think there is a cultural opening for like a Neil deGrasse Tyson of weed who's like the (laughs) you're right am I am I crazy uh, maybe that's I guess, stupid. but when that happens, I, like I don't know. it'll it'll all be over. <laughs> that's probably. <laughs> oh yeah, little president smoking on the Truman balcony before we get one of those. Oh, a Willie Nelson or a Snoop kind of figure? They're out there and they just hand it over mm-hmm. to the president. Like, what am I going to mm-hmm. say? You say I can't. I'm the president. I can't get high. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, Medina, get us out of here, man. What are we doing? Good idea. Hey, um, I I don't know about you, but I had a good time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always fun to be with my bros. Oh, yes. Uh, Right? Yeah. No debate about that. You know, it looks like we're continuing to uh, put these episodes down on tape. So hopefully we'll see you all again very soon. In the meantime, please... Write to us on X and email us and hit us up on Instagram. We're at Great Dates, great, at Great Debate 69 everywhere. Uh, and until then, um, enjoy yourselves. We'll see you very soon. Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. Hey.